I'm Stephen Downey and you're very welcome to episode 32 of the Mindful Living Guide. This week I have the pleasure of talking to a good friend of mine, Barbara Byrne, who is a, an author, a coach and a guide on the Camino. Many of you might have uh, heard of Camino uh, de Santiago, but there's also Caminos in Ireland you may have never heard of. Uh, this week I have great conversation with Barbara about her own journey which is pretty remarkable now to be honest and uh, she's an amazing person and I, I hope you really get a lot from it but uh, I also really enjoyed on a personal level chatting about the Camino uh, it's something I've always wanted to do and it's great to know that with people like Barbara that it's so accessible now and uh, we can have a, a guide all along the way so sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the Mindful Living Guide. As I said, I've got an amazing guest here. Her name is Barbara Byrne. Um, we've known each other a couple of years now, uh, but we're only finally getting down, sit down to have a great chat. And I'm delighted to welcome Barbara Byrne to the Mindful Living Guide. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, it's great to be here. Strange after all this time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of these things where you, know, you, you meet people over, over the internet and uh, you get to know them so well over the few over the years because I, I know you've been on an amazing journey um which started off we've we've had many deep conversations over the years about the, the different commonalities we've had to our own journeys um but to um just to start on just just where 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 your journey started because I know um you were you were in slim world for many years and um you made some massive changes to your life over that time yeah, um, I suppose back in 2010 was when my Slimmer World journey started. Hard to believe it was 12 years ago now. Um, and it was having got to that point in time of I just couldn't live the way I was living anymore. But I didn't realize that the link between the weight loss and the personal development or the mindset and that kind of work, I didn't realize that for probably another five or six years after that. Wow. Um. But when I lost my weight, I suppose I had that realization of, well, if I can do that, what else? Yeah. So that's kind of how it began. Yeah. And and yeah, I, like, I, it's it's interesting what you're saying that like I'd say a lot of people are in the same um, position though as well that they kind of go on one journey thinking this is what I'm at, I I want, but then they realize the difference in mindset uh, can make to to their life, and um, it's uh, tell me about that the, the different like it, how how you notice now from the barber now to the barber back then the oh difference, the difference I'd say even the barber two years ago I can really see a difference since po pre and post COVID mm -hmm. um and a lot of that is actually down to you because I'll never forget three weeks into COVID you were giving um you were offering your time to a mindfulness group and you invited everybody in your group to join and I turned up that day and pretty much Every day, I'd say seven days a week, 8 a.m. Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. on a Sunday and 11 a.m. on a Saturday, I showed up for a mindfulness class. And um, I got to learn so much just about sitting in the moment, accepting where I'm at, accepting all the things that were happening in the world that were out of my control. And although they were things I would have always been aware of, I don't really think they had the same meaning until I realized the rest of the world was in the same boat. It was the same chaos. 
And yet within my family, as in myself and my partner, my eldest daughter had come back home and my younger daughter, we actually had a great time. I know not a lot of people did. But for me, my eldest daughter came home to see the her relationship blossom with her sister and was just lovely. We like we cooked, we walked, we talked from the very beginning. The one thing that I had said to all of us was we have to discuss how we feel because. Anybody could be having a, a good day or a not so good day and taking the head off each other wasn't going to be the answer. So that was a big thing for me um, with discovering the mindfulness. It was the awareness about my emotions and how they could impact not just me, but others. And I, I think you, you said one keyword, and it's something that I keep talking about and talking about and talking about lately with mindfulness is just awareness. Yeah. Um, just that ability to um, just befriend our emotions. Uh, sometimes you can have difficulty. I'm sure over that time, there's been many days where you've gone to that class and not want to be there and uh, sat with difficult emotions. And I think it's one thing about that group, and they, they are still going, aren't they? Actually, the they same are. group. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't been able to check in in a long time. And uh, it's a beautiful group of people. And if you're listening, hello, how are we all keeping? Uh, it's, we'll uh, share it with them. <laughs> we'll share it with them. Oh, we'll no, definitely send it on to them. Um, but they're a lovely group of people. And, but it's such a, a friendly group that um, they're all out there for each other as well. And I think one thing over the years, and with practicing mindfulness as well, is that sharing it, the, there's a massive difference between sitting uh, on your own with an app and sitting there with a group. And I'm sure you probably noticed yeah. yourself this, that difference as well, have you? Yeah, I think the big thing is um, that feeling of not being on your own. And when you get to the bit about the inquiry, what you learn from other people. So you may have felt something similar, but you may not have been able to voice it or you may not have fully understood what it was, but somebody else has put it into the words and you have those aha moments. Um, and then it's also the thing of we're in it together. So whatever you're feeling, because it's nearly like the roller coaster when somebody is up and you might be down, they're there for you and then vice versa when they need you you're there for them i think that's probably the biggest thing um that i've got from it and and the friendships like that have developed has it's just it's unbelievable Fantastic. unbelievable and i love that I, like it's, it was just uh i think I, I was i was teaching with them for a couple of weeks and i just happened to say listen if anyone wants to come along just come along and have a look and uh so i'm i'm actually over the moon it's something that i'm, I'm really proud of the fact that you're you're still in the group still and, and still enjoying <laughs> the um but let's listen let's let's just talk about um barbara now as well and like over the last few years like you, you've been training to be a coach as well and you brought that into your business so much yeah well, I suppose back in 2019 um, was when I did my coaching diploma. But even since then, I've done a course on emotional intelligence. Um, I'm doing EFT at the minute. I've done NLP practitioner. And just last week to really zone in on the mindfulness and the breath work. And that's partially where it came from. I actually started yoga teacher training. Oh, fantastic. Oh, so, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. The, so um... I think it's the learning I've always been passionate about learning, but it's so much more interesting when it's something that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's funny on you mentioned uh, emotional intelligence. And uh, I think it's so important that there's a lot of people out there that um, we could learn so much from just being uh, just an awareness of our emotions as well. And like, it's could you talk about any kind of tips you'd give anyone about kind of uh, like 
regulating emotions or, or, or kind of just, just kind of just being more in tune with their, with their emotions. Yeah. I think probably the biggest one is to, like you said, the awareness, it's to actually stop and observe before you dive in, think about what you're going to say or why you're going to say it, you know, and is it a case of, um, I'm only lashing out because of how I feel right now. I think when you give yourself a chance to pause, I think that's the biggest thing. It's giving yourself that pause um, and even being able to say, you know, I know I did briefly share when it's difficult with a partner. um, um, But that thing of being able to say, you know, I don't want to argue with you. you. We're going to disagree. We are different people. We are. We have different personalities. So we have to, I always say, um, agree to disagree and accept each other's opinions, even if we don't like them. And that's not easy to do. But I think if you actually say it, well, then you're not kind of at loggerheads with each other. So it gives you that chance to step back rather than jump in and create more havoc, I suppose, within your personal relationships. Absolutely. It's uh no, it's. I think it's it's that space, and we were we were just literally talking about like the the space before, uh, just before we came on air, like, and uh, I was mentioned about the thing myself and my wife had, um, uh, um, since I'd say since very very early on in our relationship, is that we never uh, leave the house or go to bed on an argument, and uh, sometimes it can lead to some very uncomfortable conversations yeah. where, um, a lot of times me have <laughs> has been the person to apologize, um, uh, but it's um like it's it's i think this is one great thing about mindfulness is that it it lets you tune in with what emotions are there and there's a, a poem that i've mentioned many times in the podcast called the guest house oh i uh, know about welcoming in all sorts of emotions because they're just guests they're just here for a short stay and then they'll leave and uh, whereas sometimes we can be very negative against our, our uh, emotion. And if, if something that's an uncomfortable emotion comes up, we can be feel like that shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be feeling that. Or And yeah. sometimes we just have to, like I know the two, the two of us have, have experienced grief over the years as well. And um, sometimes it just comes and, and you just have to just live with it. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's accepting those emotions as they arise as well. I know for me, I used to buffer them or block them out or, you know, I was always searching for the something to feel better. And I didn't realize that I had to look within. That was probably the biggest learning. And to actually, I, I probably had a lot of times where my gut was telling me, what direction to go in or what decisions to make but because I didn't understand it I actually I denied it and I fed it all the wrong stuff and and I fed myself all the wrong stuff hence the weight gain because I was dumbing down what was really going on because I didn't know how to express it and when it did come out it came out as anger it came out as um frustration it came out as fear it was always or else it was hidden so I put a smile on my face I was bubbly happy Barbara and there was no way nobody was going to know just how crap my life was the mask yeah yeah Yeah. and when you take the mask down the freedom that you have it's just it's it's actually priceless once you remove that mask and step into being who you really are 
the uh, do you think there was a turning point um in your journey that you kind of can, can look back at and say that's when the penny dropped that's when i kind of i could feel a shift in how i approach life i'd say considering i had children even amidst all the madness because after my brother's death my i got married 3 weeks later the marriage didn't last um, and yet, as much as I was in turmoil, I always had this thing of, I don't want my girls to think I blamed their dad. I don't want them to take on, as I would say, my shit. So I always had this thing of they, they need to have a good relationship with, that, with their dad, despite how much pain it may cause me. Um, they need to still be able to do whatever you know, whatever they decide they want to do. And I always used to say to them, you can be, do and have everything you want. But yet I didn't actually feel that for myself. And after I lost weight and I kind of got that glimmer of, oh, I can actually do that. And then I left a job that was really, really toxic. I had left the job and within three months I was in Slimmer World. So that'll tell you. And then um, I suppose, I think the biggest change was in 2016 when I first experienced mindfulness on the Camino and it was that realization of all these times I've been going to places looking for peace and what I learned from Sinead was the psychologist who was with us um, and she was just unbelievable what I learned from her was it didn't matter where I was I could find my little bit of peace and that to me was priceless and although I didn't hone in on it fully then it was still within my awareness and I used to meditate by myself but it wasn't quite the same because I was used to that group scenario and then when I got to COVID I found that again now yes I love I love like I meditate every actually every day and every night now um And it just helps me to feel calm. It helps me to let go of whatever stuff. It helps me to kind of process whatever has happened in the day and to let go of the stuff so that I'm not taking it to sleep. Like I moved house four weeks ago and it it was bizarre because actually my partner said to me, we didn't even have an argument, which we didn't. Now, moving house is a very stressful thing. And we've moved, well, he helped me move from Dublin to Newbridge. And we've, this is our third move. And this was actually the easiest. Nice. Um, and yet we were downsizing, which meant getting rid of a lot of stuff. Now, that was powerful. I can't recommend that highly enough. Um, but when he said to me, I can't believe we didn't even argue. I was like, I know. And he says, what would you say is different? And I said, six years down the road. Barbara is different. That's wow. what's different. And it was actually six years ago that I went on the Camino for the first wow. time. And so, I, wanted, I wanted to chat about the Camino because it's it's one of my bucket lists, the, the Camino de, de Santiago. And uh, to go, well, you, you've actually, you've brought, did, you brought your daughter on the Camino as well. I did. Yeah. When she finished school um, back in 2018. Yeah. Back in 2018. She didn't want the typical um drinking holiday it thankfully neither of my girls are big into it so which is great um so on the Camino I had passed through a place called Pontevedra and I really loved it but I remember being knackered tired and, and I remember thinking I'm coming back here I'm definitely coming back to this particular town I'd love to go back for a few days so I suggested that we do it for five days make Pontevedra our base and then walk 
bits, different routes off the Camino and come back into Pontevedra. So that's what we did for five days. Now, four years on, I just say she won't even cross the street with me. <laughs> not into the walk and she'll cross the street to come for a coffee, but uh, she, she wouldn't be into the walk in the way I would be. And and yeah. like for people that don't know, actually walking is a massive part of your life now. Um, it is. Through yeah. career change. Yeah. Uh, you're now a guide on the Camino. I am. Yeah. And that has just been unbelievable. It started off as a, I will do it with my Slim and World members. It was quite funny. One of my members who joined was going on the Camino and in about four weeks after or six weeks after she had joined, or maybe it was a little bit longer, and we're still the best of pals now. We became great friends for our love of the Camino. But about six months after she joined, um, she came into the group one night. She used to stay back and help me clean up. I mean, all we ever talked about was the Camino and when we were going to get to go together because we'd had experiences separately. So she came in and said the flights were 95 euro. I said, OK, grand. I remember going home and checking out. Is there any communions, any confirmations, anything I need to be here for next April? And the next morning I messaged her and I said, I hope you're serious because you, you and I are going on the Camino. So then what happened was I said to her, actually, this could be a great idea. Why don't I use this to help motivate them, the other members in group? It'll help on their weight loss journey. It'll help them have a goal to work towards. It'll get them moving and they lose weight. They'll, they'll tone up. They'll be walking. It'll be good for their mental health. And then we'll all go on the Camino together. So the following April, 18 of us went on the Camino, 12 of them were my Slim and World members. The other six were made up of other people bringing a friend or a couple of friends along. Mm -hmm. um, and from then I kept thinking, how else can I do this? So we did it again in 2019. We had planned to do it in 2020. Of course, COVID hit. But late in 2019, I was working with a coach and she said to me, Barbara, I don't understand why you are not doing this as you're living because every time you speak about it you come alive it lights you up so I started to explore the Camino in Ireland and then last year when I was on the Kerry Camino I met a man whose company is bringing groups on the Camino right. and it's funny the bus man rang me and said where are you half of your crew are back and I said oh, a couple of ladies are struggling I'm at the back with them you need to get here quick you have to meet this guy oh, by the time I got there he was keeping him hostage until I arrived <laughs> so during the week myself and Owen had a chat and um, what started off as an hour chat went on for three hours and as they say the rest is history wow. and just recently I actually said to him look I've a couple of groups that are um inquiring about bringing a group and it'll just be exclusively for them so I do it in a couple of ways where I just put out dates and a group is formed from random people that come along but then so say for example I have a fitness group that are coming with me next year um 20 of them have booked in and I've had a couple of inquiries from other groups like I I, I kind of roughly know like I, I actually I've done the the um Carrick Camino in Cargan uh, Shannon all through Leitrim and lovely lovely walk and really enjoyed it but I have this uh, I've talked to people I've done the Camino I've never done it myself Camino de Saggio Camino de Santiago and a lot of them talk like I, I know Pat Dibley did it recently uh, 30 days and yeah. I know another friend um, Carolan who, who also did uh, I think around, around 30 days as well and it sounds like a very spiritual experience it is Um. Can you, for someone who knows nothing about it, can you tell us what attracts and what, what is so important about it? Why, yeah. What, 
What's so special? Well, it's funny because not uh, I suppose some people are aware and some aren't, but the Camino de Santiago is actually a pilgrimage and it originated with St. James spreading Christianity across your Europe um, and eventually landing in Santiago de Compostela. Um, so people literally used to travel the whole way across France and Spain. And then it, they, when it became a spiritual route, what they did was extended it out. So basically what you do is you follow the yarrows. <laughs> um, they are your guide or your direction. Um, and I think for certainly for me, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that I was looking for some way to explain what was happening for me in my life. I knew I wasn't um, entirely happy emotionally um, and that I still felt that I was suffering, but I felt that I needed time to just be. And all I have to think about, and this is the one thing I say to people when they're on the Camino, all you have to think about is one foot in front of the other. You don't have to think about where you're going to sleep. That's taken care of. You don't have to think about where you're going to eat. Breakfast is part of the deal. And you stop at whatever cafe you choose whenever you feel you're ready to stop. So it's not a case of, you know, this is where we're going to be. We know where we're going to start. We know we're going to finish at the end of each day. We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know, like, I'm all for stopping and smelling the roses, dipping the feet in the river, looking at the grass growing, etc. So there's never any pressure. And then there's no pressure to be part of the group. But what I did introduce in May with the group that I brought was having a uh, time of silence and mindfulness every single day. And it got to the point that they used to say to me, when are we having that? And by the end of the week, we were doing it twice because oh, they enjoyed it so yeah. much. Because and I was encouraging them not to listen to music, but to think about what do you feel? What can you hear? What can you see? What's really going on? What are you experiencing? It's very hard to describe because you come across some places with really, really deep history and um, some magnificent churches. Some do be open, some don't. It's I think it's the people that you meet, the stories you share, this thing of I may never see them again. So you can unburden yourself. It's it, there's a freedom in it. And that to me, I was searching for freedom, personal freedom for so long. And that's what I found. It was the personal peace and the freedom to just be yourself as you work your way through the day. But it's the crack that you have and the people you meet and then the coming together in the evening. Like we used to joke on some of the trips that I've had where you'd be sitting in restaurants like with your shoes and socks off and examining your feet and sticking compete plasters on. And we were like, I'd, I'd say you go through some metal compete, all right? <laughs> yeah. And we were like, could you imagine doing that in a restaurant in Ireland? You'd be thrown out. But it's, it's Everyone's like, on the same journey. Normal. Yeah. 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 So for people who don't know, it's it, so there's many different routes, but all goes towards one central place, yeah. uh, Santiago. Um, yeah. Is it a is it a, a, a town or is it an in it's actually a, it's church? A city. Or, there's a okay. big cathedral. Um, there's St. James's Cathedral and the head, I think it's the head of St. James is buried in a crypt beneath oh. the altar very very rich the city itself there's an old city and the new city so there's great history there's a there's a university there too and it even has its own airport so it's very accessible Brilliant. as well yeah wow and, great and history. In, in terms of the trips you're, you're doing your planning now how, how long would you go for or we would do seven interested? days and at the moment 
most of what I do is the last seven days on either the Portuguese route from Valencia. Um, I mean, then we go into Tui on the first day and then we work our way towards Santiago. And then the French way, the last seven days is Saria into Santiago. Right. Wow. So the original route is from San Champier de Port into Santiago. And last year, um, to celebrate my 50th, I went off on my own and did seven days walking. I was away for nine days um, from San Champier de Port up in the Pyrenees into La Grania. And wow. it was just the most amazing experience ever. The people I met, it was just, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. And and you say you, you do accommodation. So you, you, you have a rough idea then which town you're going to each day. We then. know each yeah. day which town we're going to go to. We know where we're going to stay. Now, there are people who will literally go with their rucksack and you could end up, you could arrive in a town and there'd be no accommodation. You might have to walk three or four kilometres. And it's funny because... I had my accommodation booked last year in October and there was two people that were part of a group that I met. Now, when I say a group, I met, we formed a group. Yeah. <laughs> just two people that we met. And I remember going, oh my God, I'm going to be going two or three kilometers beyond this town on my own. I wonder what way that's going to work. And it ended up, the two of the people ended up, they couldn't get accommodation. So I was half, I was half delighted because was yeah. like, I'm not going to be on, on my yeah. own. Yeah. But I always just say the Camino always provides there's a reason things will work out the way they were, the way they do, whether it's a lesson you need to learn, whatever it might be. Yeah. And this particular day, um, two people came with me and we passed by a church. And one of the guys, it's mad because one of the first people I met was from Tralee. And because of the link with the Kerry Camino, I was like, everywhere I go, it's always the Kerry people that I seem to gel yeah. with first anyway he was learning Spanish because he was going off to Colombia well that was his intention when he he took early retirement and he was everywhere he came along as a, a Spanish person he was saying buenos dias or buenos buenos noches or whatever it was or buenos tardes for the afternoon and some guy answered with is that an Irish accent I hear and it was a man from from um, he was originally from South Africa and he was telling us about this amazing monastery and how he came across it when he was walking the Camino 10 years ago and he was restoring it. And he said, normally I let people come in in the morning and if you give a donation. But he said, because you're Irish, I'm going to let you in now. Come on and I'll unlock it. So he, he let us in. He explained some of the amazing history, but there was an unbelievable presence and we all felt it. And he told us afterwards that he doesn't let people in anymore because he had stage four cancer and he's trying to um, prolong his life because he has a young child. So we felt really privileged. And I said to them afterwards, I told you, the Camino always provides. There was a reason you were to be with me today. Yeah. It was just it was powerful. We went wow. back the next morning and people were going, you're going the wrong way. We went, no, no, no. We know where we're going because <laughs> we knew we, we just wanted to go back one yeah. more time before we moved on to yeah. the next town. Wow. So, yeah. It just sounds like such an amazing experience. And it's it's definitely something I, I want to do. Um, I have a love of walk myself and um, I have to. I'll have to join you for um, I think what's, what's coming up next. Actually, Have you got you've, have you any more Kerry Caminos this year um, or? Unfortunately, I don't think the Kerry Camino was going to go ahead in October. There is one the 13th to the 17th, but yeah. there's a couple of people with injuries and different things have come up that it, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. But I do. I, one thing that I do, which I never thought I would end up doing, um, I'm actually doing a, my first ever divorce retreat in November, oh. also in Kerry, and it's going to incorporate some 
mindfulness, yoga, some walking, and then some coaching around navigating the journey as somebody who's been in that position as well. And it's in conjunction with Mel Murphy, who is a divorce coach as well. So, oh, and I've met Mel before as well, yeah. actually. Um, yeah. Sure, we can, we will. Um, that is a fantastic, yeah. fantastic service. And I'm sure it's going to help many, many people. The um, yeah. Barbara, I could always talk to you for days and days, and and uh, but I have to ask a question because I've asked it for every single guest since I started. Um, Barbara, if I say the world, the words mindful living, what does it mean to you? What What does it mean to live a mindful life? Well, we mentioned awareness earlier. That's certainly the first thing. Um, Not living in the past, trying not to live in the future because I was caught in both worlds because I suppose all we have is what's happening here and now. So I think the big thing is the awareness as to how I show up in the moment um, and not letting things that are beyond my control have the same impact that they maybe once would have had given myself a chance to just stop and take it all in before I proceed as I always say it's a bit like that stop that analogy you know stop take the time to then O for observe and then P I know people say pause I say proceed with caution a bit like the yield sign so that you're not rushing in so I think it's just being in the now learning to sit with yourself even with the difficult stuff. Wow. Yeah. Powerful, powerful. It's a lovely way to finish our conversation. And I have to say, I love chatting to you, Barbara, and I've learned so much. And I've, I was actually, as you were talking about the, the Camino, I was getting goosebumps. So I know it has, I have to uh, join you for a Camino some year. Um, Barbara, if for anyone that actually is interested in contacting you, um, what's the best way to contact you? Well, believe it or not, I'm still working on the website and even saying it, my gut's going, Ugh because I've been working on it for a while but you can find me on Instagram and Facebook Barbara Byrne Coaching and Camino I'm on LinkedIn Barbara Byrne um, and there is a link tree link which is almost like a website that gives you links to all the different things and the dates for like the, I'll be doing the Camino at Easter time next year I think it's yeah it'll be but it's after you know that week in between um, I've got a group going in May and a group going in July before my daughter gets married so, or if anybody's interested in having their own group, yeah. we can work around those dates as well. That is fantastic. And I'll put all those details on our show notes page as well. Thanks. So if anyone needs to contact you, they can. Barbara Byrne, thank you so much for finally sitting down with us and chatting on the Mindful Living Guide. Thanks a million. So there you have episode 32 of the Mindful Living Guide. Uh, if you after listening to that and you have a desire to go on the Camino or if you are interested in Barbara's divorce retreat, uh, I will put all the details up in the show notes. If you look at the link uh, in for the podcast, you'll see a link to the show notes and uh, I'll have all the details there. Listen, there's not much else for me to say this week. Uh, I will say thank you so much for the support. I was blown away by the amount of downloads we got uh, for our first interview back last week with uh, John Murray. And it's been going uh, a lot a lot better than I expected. Uh, so uh, I thought after a year break, uh, it might have gone down. But it's there's still a big interest in mindfulness and in just bringing mindful principles into our life. Um, as always, uh, if you want to follow us, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And um, hopefully this has helped you in some way just break away from the norm and the... Um, 
the autopilot of each day and uh, give you a, a few ideas of uh, things that you could do for yourself. So listen, take care of yourself, have a brilliant, brilliant week and we'll be back next week with another episode of The Mindful Living Guide.